Thanks for tuning in to the Trinity Church Nottingham podcast. It's great to have you with us. My name is Amy, and together with my husband, Johnny, we lead the church here in Nottingham, England. Our vision is to see the church on fire and the city alive. And if we can help you in any way at all, feel free to get in touch and email us at info at trinitychurchnottingham.org. Okay, let's jump into the podcast. I want to talk just for a few minutes about what we're doing today, what this is, the significance of what we're witnessing today, but what some of us uh, are participating is participating in, to some degree, what all of us are participating in today. I just want to begin by, uh, uh, with a little bit of a news story. I don't know if some of you have caught this, but in the last week or so, I've seen on a, a couple of different sort of news uh, websites, one particular story that caught my interest, which is that there is apparently a decline in university students who are arriving at university taking up sports. And particularly uh, team sport. Apparently, increasingly, what universities are finding is that talented sports people uh, are, for whatever reason, choosing not to get involved in team sports. And it turns out it's not the sports themselves, it's not the rigor, the commitment, the, the concept of physical exercise and fun and community that's stopping people from getting engaged in sport. That's not what it is. What it is, in fact, is the initiation rights that these young people are dreaming up. In fact, they've become so dodgy that our young, our brightest, our best, our most talented sports people are are finding themselves uh, unwilling to get involved. I know what you're thinking. Really? Really? People don't want to drink Voluntarily, copious pints of beer, followed by tins of dog food, then go for a naked swim in a dirty river anymore. People don't want to do that these days. No, apparently they don't. Apparently that's less than inviting for the young people of today. It turns out that initiation rights, which is what these things are, they're powerful things. And these particular initiation rights have been deemed to be too potent, too powerful. And I think initiation rights, uh, they say something about community. They say something about the community that we'd be hoping to join. And that's why people don't want to join these clubs. They they also say something really important, something powerful, something potent about us as people. And we can't live lives without having some sort of initiation right. And actually the church has... Gather has taken up this most powerful and important initiation right, the, mo- the most powerful and important initiation right ever imagined, which is baptism. So initiation rights are all about entering into a new way of life and entering into a new community. That's what they're for. And I think it's right to say before we, some of us at least, pause and jump into this initiation, right, into this pool. We need to pause and say, well, what is it we're getting ourselves into? What is it that this might be like? And I want to say a few words just now about what it is that as Christians, as people who are committing to baptism, what it is that we're doing now and what it is that we're getting ourselves into. And the first thing we need to say about baptism is that it is the start of a new journey. It's the start of a new journey. That's what you're getting yourself into if you're going to be baptized today. You're getting yourself into a journey. 
This is sort of a really sort of cool, sort of postmodern, trendy, hip thing to say. But this is, the Christian life is a journey and it's beginning now. The liturgy for baptism says, baptism marks the beginning of a journey with God that continues for the rest of our lives. The first step in response to God's love. It is a joyful moment when we rejoice in what God has done for us in Christ, making serious promises and declaring the faith. So what's happening for you guys today, for each of the people here being baptized, is that they're beginning their Christian journey. You can attend church, you can pray, you can do all sorts of sort of Christian discipleship things, but unless you're baptized, whether as an infant or as an adult, unless you're baptized, you're not fully in. The church has always said that baptism marks the beginning of the life of faith. It is an essential point of beginning. And it's a hu- therefore, it's a hugely personal thing. It's a hugely personal. It has a, a personal resonance for each one of us that's so significant. Because when we, when we get into the waters of baptism, what we're saying is that we're, we're joining the church. We're joining our life to, the, to this lot. Just look around you. People who are uh, being baptized today, those of you who are reaffirming a baptism, just look around you. What you're doing today, you're saying, I want to be part of this. Some of you, I can see on your faces having second thoughts looking around. (laughs) It's the beginning of the journey of following Christ. It's the beginning of the journey of joining his church. It is private. It is, sorry, it is personal, but it is absolutely not private. We can often confuse this. We can often behave as if it's possible to be a Christian privately. Oh, no. No such thing was ever imagined. Oh, it's not possible. You can't sort of keep it to yourself. To be a Christian is to do so publicly. And therefore, baptism is the perfect beginning because it's a beginning of a journey that is personal, but immensely and obviously public. It's it's dangerously public for some people. Baptism, secondly, so first it's the beginning of a journey. Secondly, it's a, it's a signpost along the way of faith. Now, I'm a great believer in the idea. I don't know if you're, if you're married, I'm married. And uh, for Amy and I, we find ni- between 90 and 95% of our arguments happen in the car. I know if you've experienced this phenomenon, if you're married too, well, in order to sort of reduce the amount of arguments in the car, what we try and, is we try and be as well prepared at the beginning of a journey as is possible. So we find that the greatest sort of possibility of success in a journey, to continue that metaphor, we've got the greatest possibility of success if we're best prepared. So for us, we like to, we like to make sure uh, that we've got a car that's fully stocked with petrol or diesel, uh, whatever is your particular tipple. We need, to, we need there to be uh, snacks. Ideally, there's coffee. If there are children, they must be asleep. <laughs> they have to be. Otherwise, there's no possibility of success in the journey. And uh, uh, I found, to my cost, uh, a decent uh, sat-nav with some battery is essential. Particularly, though, uh, we've also found that if a journey is going to be successful, we need to be aware of the destination before we begin. And it really helps if we know some of the signs along the way. We know what to look out for on the road, right? Baptism's a little bit like that. It's, it's, a, it's the preparation for the journey, but it actually also contains the signs that we need to be looking for along the way. It's complete. It's filled up with signs. 
Now, the point about signs is this. The point about signs is not that they're pretend imaginary things. Like if you're on the M1 and you're trying to get to London, you better hope that the sign points to a real reality, right? And baptism's full of signs, and the signs aren't like pretend imaginary things. No, the signs are pointing to real things. And one of the signs in baptisms is the sign of the cross. The sign of the cross. The cross, you see, is the heart of baptism. It's the badge of faith for Christians. Some of us have it, we wear it around our neck, we've got it tattooed somewhere perhaps on our body. The cross is the badge of faith for Christians because it reminds us of the cross of Jesus, which is the doorway into the kingdom of God. The cross is the entry point for every person into the life and the heart of God. The cross is at the heart of Christian faith because it's the place where forgiveness is assured and secured for every person. Not on the basis of our own efforts, our own goodness, our own ability, even our own faith, but on the basis of God's goodness, his love, his sacrifice on our behalf. The cross is the heart of Christian faith and so... uh, The cross, at the cross, it's at the cross that we learn that all of our sin, our rebellion, our desire to put ourselves before others, our desire to go our own way and not listen to God, all of that is forgiven by God on the basis of his sacrifice for us. All of that stuff we're ashamed of, all of that stuff we're afraid of, all of that stuff we're guilty, we feel guilt for, is nailed to the cross with Jesus, and we need carry it no more. We're free of it. And what does it feel like to be free of it? Well, it feels like being washed clean. And so there's the second vision. The second sign in baptism is the water. Now, it's a little bit chillier than you might have hoped, but you are certainly going to know you're getting in it. That's for sure. We wanted it to feel really, you know, bracing, Uh, And cleansing, cleansing, that's what we went for, cleansing temperature. (laughs) You know what it feels like to be clean? At the end of a long day, you get in the shower or the bath, you get out, you feel feel like a new person, don't you? That's what the cross does for each one of us. The cross of Christ, if we commit our way to Christ in faith, we're joined to him through baptism, we're washed clean. The water is a symbol, a sign of what God in Christ does for us. What happens is we go down under the water. We go down as who we are before Christ and our old self. We're joined to Christ through faith in his death. And we're buried with him. And the old self, the old us, the old that is insecure, the old that is anxious, the old that is... uh, held back in chains to sin, is buried with him. And we're raised up, hopefully after a couple of seconds, not after three days, because that would be tough to hold your breath for that long. We're raised up, and we're raised up again, united with Christ in his resurrection. And that means the one that is raised is a new one, a new person. Loved ones, if you've come here today, with somebody, supporting somebody. Church, look at those who are going to be baptized today. Look at those who are going to reaffirm the baptismal vows. It is the last time you will see them. They are going to be raised to new life. 
That's what the water symbolizes. So baptism finally is about new creation. The whole deal here, this whole picture is about death to the old, life in the new. This sign is what God does. This is his stock in trade. This is his strong strong point. This is his forte. What he specializes in is bringing life after death. And I tell you this, you're going to hear some stories today, and and they're going to be signs and stories of life after death. And I'm telling you this, this offer of life after death, life even here, Available today is available today for every person. The Apostle Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 5. If anyone is in Christ, that is if anyone belongs to Christ, there is new creation. The old has gone. Look or see or behold, everything has become new. So what baptism is finally is a celebration of new life. And as we witness this, as we participate in this today, we're celebrating the new life that's been made available to us and is available to us even now. So Father, we thank you for new life. We thank you for those who we celebrate today, uh, their transformation. We pray that as we do, we might see you transforming us as you are transforming them. God's people said, Amen. Thanks for listening to some of our teaching here at Trinity. We hope it's blessed you. If you live in the city or live outside of Nottingham and want to connect more with the church, check out some of our practices and pathways on our website. We call them one, few, company, and many. We're passionate about encountering Jesus, becoming like him, and doing the things that he did both individually and in our lives together so that we may see the church on fire and the city come alive. You can find these on our website under the Connect tab. Thanks for listening.